Okay, wonderful. Good evening, everyone. We hope you're as footloose and fancy free as we are. This is Kingdom Conversations, which are supernatural and prophetic conversations that come from the Word of God. I am Pastor, my name is Lindsay L. Lee. I'm not going to mention my middle name tonight. And I am the pastor of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship. If you watch this regularly, you already know that, but sometimes we have guests. So we like to tell them who we are and where we're from. So for those that do not know, we are located at 1914 Trades on Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131. And our telephone number is 408-945-4439. All of that information will be posted on the screen uh, later on in the evening. And we have some diligent folks that also put all that kind of information in the comment section if you are joining us by Facebook. Our format for tonight, is going to be pretty close uh, to the norm. We took a few minutes to get the atmosphere in the studio live. So we typically start somewhere right at 6.45. Uh, we are using new equipment and it's starting to work fabulously. Uh, but we had to shake some stuff off before we went live because we didn't want to come in all heavy for you. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. We're going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say, and I believe we're going to have a marvelous time tonight, regardless of what your circumstances might be. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, and I thank you so much for your presence, for you, Jesus, and everything that you do for us and have done for us, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here in the earth to lead us and to guide us into truth and to help us in every single aspect of our lives. I thank you for the conversations that you've had with us. Some of it has been very tough, but in a time when, when there have been so many tragedies, even in our own personal lives, and when there have been so many ugly things that have taken place, you are truly our comfort. You're not a cliche. I know people use your name and try to tell somebody that you will give them peace, but I also understand that when we receive it, that's when it starts to work on the inside of us. And I am so grateful to you this week, today, every day this week, for the amazing things that you have caused to happen in the midst of some of the ugliest moments I've seen in life. I praise you as I pray for the people tonight, those that are under, that hear your voice coming through me, those that are watching this may have later on or just happen to come across it. I pray for the people that are a part of the Astounding Love of Global Church family, um, fellowship family. I pray for those that are affiliated with this, um, more than enough ministries. I pray for the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the intercessors, the seers, the prayers. I praise you tonight for the men and women, the boys and girls of this earth that get an opportunity to be made free because the Son has already made us free. And I thank you that we listen for you tonight that there are questions and, and heart problems that people are experiencing, whether it's a physical, actual healing that they need, or it's just something that's going on in their hearts and they just feel so broken. I release the compassion of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God. And each one of those is a force to be reckoned with right there. Because in each one of those, your goodness, your goodness, your mercy, your, your grace, all of those things encompass you. You come. It comes with you. It's a part of who you are. It's a package deal. Lord, I pray tonight that the reality 
of your of your truth of your presence that it really penetrates us changes things on the inside of us brings joy oil that flows and eradicates dryness of spirit i thank you that the demonic things that have been assigned against your people in this house and within the body of yeshua that they find themselves with unemployed because your truth enters in, your mercy, your grace, your goodness, your fight fires us up. And we bless you, and we praise you, and we thank you for tonight's kingdom conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to tell you a couple of things. There, there's some stories. We've, we've had some disruptions, of course, and I'll just say, uh, so you know, members, you understand, we had a death in our family. It was very unexpected. Uh, unfortunately, it was a suicide. And um, was a very young person. Um, and we don't like when Satan intervenes. So it puts us on the, it puts us on the fight. And for our apostle, especially we hold her up in prayer, because she'll be even performing, it's not a ceremony, but she'll be speaking and doing the eulogy and so forth next week. And she got she got the call. On Monday, we were doing, she did several tapings. I hope you all online, you'll search out and find Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker's interview um, on HSBN, Holy Spirit Broadcast Network. We have it posted on our Facebook pages and it will go up on the websites as well. But she had just done this interview, which uh, took about an hour. And then we had another hour's break and during which we were setting up for the helpful temperament moments, which are the 15th, 15 or 11 minutes or less uh, teachings that she does on the different temperaments. So we were set up in her other room of her house to do that. And I got a phone call, but I didn't recognize the number. And I realized later it's because this particular relative, I actually never speak to on the phone. We've always talked via an app because she's usually traveling out of the country. So that's the way we've communicated. And I couldn't answer it anyway because we were doing the tapings. And Dr. Uh, Apostle Baker, well, actually, Dr. Baker was right in the midst of teaching at that particular moment. So there was nothing that I could do. But about an hour or so after we completed it, because I thought I'm going to call that, that person back and find out who it is. But before I could do that, um, my mom called me to say that one of our, she would be my niece, had uh, been found. And that she had apparently taken her own life. So that meant everything kind of went into a tizzy. Mom ended up flying out, which is why there was no Tuesday night broadcast last night. She flew out to be with the family and to minister to them and, and so forth. And um, she had, they, they, there are some things that have to take place. And then they will do the, um, they will do the, the service next week, right? So, you get mad, you understand? You get very emotionally overset. I do, because I really can't stand the devil. And I understood that this is a tormented person, but it got me to thinking. And I was calling different family members and calling different people with, or the children, just to let it be known I love their children, especially young adults and things of that sort. And I've talked to a few different relatives, actually. You know, this is like, how are you doing and how are the kids and so forth. And I noticed something. And even when in prayer times, if you've been with me on any type of prayer recently, you will know that 
I am really intolerant of the continuation of a demonic oppression that we hold on to and allow ourselves to be manipulated by. I, I, I really have no, no patience. I have compassion, I definitely have that. But what I mean is, is that there's a part of me that, is, that comes forward in these times. If you pray with me, you know what I'm talking about. If you've never prayed with me, then it might be a surprise to you because I'm so gentle. But uh, I am. <laughs> um, the fight comes to the forefront. And I've, I've had it described by a few friends. They'll say it's like they, I've had um, men that I know that I would, you know, we'd be talking and they'd say something and it would just be like, whoa, wait a minute. And I would just feel my spirit start to leap into in, into the forefront, and they would back up. And I was like, "What?" You know, because if you knew that I fight very wimpy um, in a natural setting, I, I'm not. I was never a fighter. I told you I'd throw things at you and take you out because I wasn't going to fight you. But um, they would say it feels like you just pulled a sword. You know, and it does too. And so I realized that that's one of the things that happens is that's in the spirit. You've seen it in movies. You've seen it. You've seen the copycat version of what really happens to us in the spirit. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say you've seen it in, in marvelous comics where there's a character whose blades will come forth. Well, that's what happens to us in the spirit. Our sword is right there. And so the word of God, it starts to come to the forefront because it's time to cut some things down. The war we do is not like the war the angels do. The war that we do is the fight of faith. We release faith because we see the demonic. We see destruction coming. And people, will, emotions will come and try to battle and, and overtake a person. And the Holy Spirit said it to me this way. He said, my word comes forth, but they believe what they feel more than what I say. They believe their feelings. They listen to the voice of what they feel and they deny the power of what I say. And so when that happens, you know, you're like, okay, that's it, that's it, that's it. Because you are allowing yourself to be drained. You're allowing yourself to be overcome by something that you have authority over. The Bible says, Jesus said, the, uh, one of the places he says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Well, that's for the people that don't have the fight. He said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And in another place, he says, this, these things are in the world, but you be of good cheer. I have overcome. Our part is the I have overcome. If you're in Jesus, the part where the thief is coming, the part where, where the prince of this world is doing this and all this, that doesn't have anything to do with you. You are on the I have overcome team. You are not on the team that says, oh, woe is we, we is we, is we is in bad shape. That's not who we are. But most of us live that we is in bad shape and we're just waiting for a honey drop from heaven to come and to rescue us. And it's like, dude, the rescue is in you. You got to let it out. Think about that. Let that be a, a, a continuing conversation that the Spirit of the Lord has with you. The fight is in you, but you're going to have to release it. And when you release the fight, you've taken the victory. Because all you got to do is show up and let the word that's in you start to come out of you. And the victory is accomplished. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you think of yourself as you used to being conditioned by the world to, to believe that you are 
a victim of circumstances, a victim of your body, a victim of somebody else's opinion, a victim of what people have done to you, said about you. You allow yourself to be a victim. And here's what happens. When, when those type of words, because that's the challenge of the Spirit of God, that's the sword that has come out and said, this is what I say to you. An individual that is used to living by what they feel will fight you. They will come out of flesh and they will fight you. They will tell you, come on, give me the number one, the number one response that you get from somebody when they are operating from the flesh. Does anybody know? Say it louder. You don't understand? There it is. Now say it like they say it. You just don't understand. There it is. You just don't understand. I don't understand. Stand under that? No, you're right. I don't. Now, does that actually sound to you like somebody that's coming to a fight to win? It's like one of those chip commercials. They have some of the old pro basketball players, and they said some, some, um, one of, uh, I don't recall how they did the recommendation for the, the comparison, but they said, you know, a potato chip without a ridge or whatever it is, is like a coach that doesn't have uh, a win in them. And so they showed this coach with the basketball team and the guy is like, are we gonna win? May I don't know, I, 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 he laughed and then he said, maybe on three. One, two, three, maybe. It's, that's gonna be wimpy. Maybe we'll win. No, there is no win there. You maybe you should call ahead and reserve your your massage because you're about to be, have a beat down. Because you said maybe you can't go into a battle, a spirit battle, a a fight of faith with a maybe. It, it doesn't exist. So what happens is as soon as you hear that coming up in your mind, because some people will not articulate it. They'll look at you and go, you don't understand, but they won't say that to you, but they're thinking, see, they're just so uncaring. They're so insensitive to me. You don't care about me at all. Am I hitting it? Anybody ever had that drama? Yeah. If you have long hair, it's time to fling that ponytail. <laughs> Tell back behind your shoulder, and if you don't, to just shake it a little bit or something. But, but that's the typical demonic or earthly, sensual, devilish response when truth comes on the scene. I want you to keep the monkey on your back. I want you to stay in a place of natural emotions, your natural habitat. I want you to dwell in the mess and the emotions. You're melting, you're melting, you're melting with all of the anguish of your soul. And what happens is that you are increasing your capacity to be bitter and unforgiving because it's got a bigger wormhole to rest in. Isn't that amazing? Not fun necessarily, but it's there, it's, it's happening. Today, you know, last night I had to pick up my daughter from the airport and that was about midnight. And so got home around one or thereabouts and uh, had to uh, settle, you know, and then I had to be up at 5 a.m. for our prayer call. And I had to be on that particular one because that's our uh, Wednesdays is our report day that we give our reports from different prayer calls that we host or what have you. 
And I was really wanting to call it, call in and get an out. You know, can I be excused or I'm not finished with my report really. And you know, I got this to do and, and teacher, I don't have a dog, but I would have fed it my own work just to have that as an excuse if, if it had been okay. You know, I was feeling all of those things, but there's a fight. This is what I want you to, to locate within yourself if you have it. There's a fight on the inside that after all of that stuff, all of that stuff goes on in your head, you still show up for what you're supposed to. I had the same thing, I had, a, uh, I had made an agreement with my daughter. I would walk, while she was doing what she was doing in Tulsa, I would start opening up more of the garage to do, it's like a home gym kind of thing. And so I committed to walk on the treadmill. And what I was supposed to be doing when I walked on the treadmill, I said, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll watch a cartoon. Because, you know, your cartoons are about 25 minutes, and I walk a mile in about 20 minutes, 21 minutes, if I'm, if I'm wanting to uh, kind of stroll a little faster. Because I stroll. I don't really, I'm not that energetic person. I stroll. And I watch cartoons. So we had this little TV and DVD player out in the garage, and I got my thing up there, and, and I'd watch part, three parts of the week before of... The, you know, the, the first part of the, the series, because I buy the whole series. And I loved it, and it was like number four, we started the week, I started the week with part four, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be good for tomorrow's walk, because tomorrow is the finale of this particular one, which I've seen all these episodes many times. But I love this one, because this is when he, he lets it be known what kind of power he really has, you know? And the DVD player wouldn't work. Now, I first of all, I had the whole day gone by, but I committed to this. So it's 11.15 and I'm at night. So I've only got 45 minutes before the day is over. I got to get out there. I'm, I'm out of time now. So I'm getting out there and I've got the fans on and doing all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm good. I said, it, okay, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. And the DVD player wasn't working. It worked for somebody. And then I couldn't get the DVD out. And so I'm going, oh, no, now what do I do? Because it's like, well, if it doesn't work, I should move. So I'm still walking and walking. But now it feels like a walk. Now it feels like, oh my God, what, did I really say a mile? Well, it's not just a mile because it's, it's, it's you know, you do, either do time or you do distance. And I was doing distance. So therefore, it was one mile on the first day, 1.1 the next day, 1.2 the day after. So I'd already done 1.3. Now it's time to do 1.4. You've got to be diving me. 1.4 when I'm only seven minutes in and I have no cartoon. So in my mind, I've got my eyes closed now and I'm walking, I'm walking slow. And I'm walking slow, it's like, uh, I can't do this. This is not right. What am I supposed to do? You know, you're taking my cartoons away. I said I was going to watch cartoons and do this. Like, I don't have other vice devices. And, but I'm not thinking that way. I'm tunneled on this. Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm tunneled on what I feel is now the obstacle that prohibits me from doing what I said I would do. Because after all, if the TV, DVD is not responding, how am I supposed to do what I said? I would watch cartoons and walk. Now I've got a cell phone out there. I have access to my playlist. I have a walking playlist. And I'm, you know, it's like, I'm really trying to get out of this. It's like, I'm only seven minutes in. It takes usually at least 21 minutes. Seven minutes. Oh my God, that's 14 whole minutes. <laughs> like I got to spend on this thing. 
And it's not 14 minutes, sweetie. It's 1.4. You've got to do one, oh, one, I'm sorry, 1.3. You gotta do the extra. You gotta do 1.3 or whatever it was. It's like, no, no, I know what I'll do. I'll walk for 10 minutes and then tomorrow I'll just catch up. So it was like, no, you won't. I thought this was a good plan, but I kept walking past the 10 minutes. I go, okay, 15, 15, and then you can quit. Well, now the fight kicks in. What are you talking about? You already said what you were going to do. We don't quit. There's no TV? No, but you've got a walking jam that when you play it, it springs you up. And so it was like, okay, fine. Sweating, jump off the thing on the rail for a minute, set that thing up. That song comes on and all of a sudden I'm right. But I'm walking with my eyes closed because it is not advisable when you don't want to do it to pay attention to it. So, you know, you usually put a towel over the, the uh, display or something. So I'm, I know this song is 11 minutes. I know this song is 11 minutes long. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna finish this song. It's like, dang, this is a long song. And you know, so you're going through it, going through it, going through it, but I'm energizing. And I get to it and I look and it's like, you are 22 minutes in, but you are at 1.1. Song's over. I'm not playing it again. Because if I play it again, I'm gonna walk the whole thing through. So I had to walk it quietly. I acted like I was being taken away. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Then you start praying in tongues. And it's like, yes, you're going to do it. You said you would do it. And I mean, right on the money, baby. I scoffed it. But the fight, this is my point, not that I took this walk. And the next day, still couldn't get the DVD to work. So I used, one of, I used this device and went and found a different car, set of cartoons. And I still watch the cartoons because that's what I like to do. So I walk with cartoons. There you go. And so I had to play, you know, these, and these are only 12 minutes long. So I had to play two of them, but I still wasn't walking fast. So I ended up, but I did my 1.4. 1.5 is where I stopped. And it's 1.5 is my minimum walk from this moving forward, from this point on. But I had to, I had to get to it. You can't say, well, I didn't do it this week because I'm traveling or whatever, which I'm, I'm not obligated to do it this week, but I'm obligated to be, to, to, re, to regain, to re, uh, release, what's the word I want? Resume and continue on. I can't resume at less than 1.5. Mm -hmm. And then I say to myself, here, you mean clearly, who makes this stuff up? I do. I set a goal mm -hmm. that I check in with the Spirit of God. Yes, that's precisely on track. Because really, my objective is always to walk a minimum of three miles a week. I used to walk seven. And I probably will get back there at some point, okay? But this is personal best. This is not about anybody else. I can walk slow if I feel like it, and you don't have to walk with me. I can walk fast if I want to, and you don't have to walk with me. You know, I can do whatever it is that I am going to do. The main thing is that I will keep my word because the fight, not because I felt like it, but because the fight is in us, the commitment to do not what we feel, but what the word says. What's my scripture? First Corinthians, I believe it is. If it's not, it's second. 927, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it. And I'll even read that particular scripture. And I typically read that one. Um, I typically read that one um, amplified. And here's the thing. Let me see, go back. 
Yeah, this was Corinthians. What did I say? Nine? Nine yes, it is. Thank you. Now, in the King James, it says, But I discipline my body and bring into subjection, at least when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified, which is good. But the Amplified Classic, it says, But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it. He says, for fear, and I get that, that after proclaiming to others the gospel, things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. And since my next thing that I will put in my home gym is a box, uh, kickboxing bag, this is a very um, effective passage of scripture. But it's at work in me, along with, uh, this is uh, the light part of tonight, along with Philippians uh, 2, verse 13, which says, for it is not, I don't do what I do in my own strength, not in my own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in me, energizing and creating in me the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Those words rise up. That's my fight. My fight is not of my flesh. My fight is not of my emotions, believe me. My fight is not of my emotions because I'd get a beat down, a very severe one. My fight comes from the word of God that I have submitted myself to. I commit to this word. I will let this word be. I'm eating, I think, one of the dullest, most boring, if I'm gonna look at it naturally speaking, it's a very narrow road for the foods that I'm consuming in this particular season. But God has given me an assignment. God does not give you an assignment for you to fail it. God gives you an assignment to build up your capacity and ability to overcome. God does not give you an assignment for you to say, okay, yes, and say, and go do it all by yourself. God gives us assignments to partner with him and let him work through us and teach us, discipline us, strengthen us, and enable us to do more than we thought we could because the assignment is always beyond our natural ability, just the slightest bit out of reach from what we can do naturally, which means you have to partner with him because what you can do naturally is not, is not kingdom standard. He wants all of our, every aspect of our lives to be raised to kingdom standard. Are you all understand, are, are you with me in what I'm saying? So this is what, has to happen. Now, I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about, we talked a little bit about unforgiveness, and tonight we're going to talk, we're going to talk about bitterness and why it does not belong in the kingdom of God and how it is killing people left and right. Bitterness and unforgiveness. Okay, we're going to just look at some words and, and, and do a few things with that. But I just wanted you to understand that these are some of the, the issues that I have personally dealt with. And today, as I was hearing different things and praying, I've been praying and off and on, praying off and on, which means constantly praying. And the Holy Spirit, as I said earlier, he spoke to me and he said, they listen to their feelings more than what I say. They believe what they feel more than they believe what I've said. And he wasn't talking about the world. He was talking about the saints, the people of God, who uh, on any given day, if you, on any given day, if you want to tell people what you're sensing from the Spirit and what it is that the Lord says, how many of you know that the typical, what the typical response is to that? When you try, want to, when the Lord instructs you to release a word to people, do you know what the typical response is? 
I know that. Oh yes, you already told me. It's so funny you should say that. La 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 la, right? Well, I don't really care if we do that or not. But what the Spirit of the Lord is listening for is thank you. I submit to that. Now that's a lesson I'm still learning personally. Because I can just be just as goofy. Oh yes, that's right. I'm studying that. Oh, it's funny that you should mention that. It's like, no, it's not really funny that I would mention it. It's God that I would mention it. And it's being brought back to you because evidently you heard it, but you didn't submit to it. Make sense? So he's saying these things to say, you don't know what you think you know unless you know the one that said it, the Spirit of God. When we know it as he knows it, then it becomes something that works on the inside of us. But what we know instead is how we feel. Now I'm gonna show you just certain, certain ways how some of this stuff creeps in. Uh, today, I began to get an inkling of how bitterness works in us. I had some business to take care of, and as I was in the process of taking care of the business, I was delayed by the actions of somebody else. And I could feel the irritation. First of all, because, now, hear the justification. This is not what I'm saying is thumbs up godly. I'm telling you how this thing works. First thing that happens is justification for your feelings comes into play. First of all, they're last minute, and I can't stand that. Justification. Or, you know what, I really don't appreciate being left hanging. Justification. If you really want something from me, you could da-da-da-da-da. Am I saying this to the individual? No. I'm saying it to myself. Or I'm listening to it being said to myself and I'm not striking it down. So it hits how I feel. It isn't what God said. These are the actions of other people that I personally feel are very irresponsible to intrude upon me this way when it's inconvenient for me just being me, that you would need me to do something for you without me telling you I was willing to do it. You didn't ask me if I was willing to be inconvenienced. You just, I mean, inconvenienced. You just strolled on it. You didn't even give me an opportunity to say no. You texted me, or you emailed me, or you left me a voicemail. I would have told you no. I've got stuff to do. This is Wednesday. Have you know? Evidently, you don't watch my program. Or you know, I need peace. I need to get the gathering together. I need to study. I need to do all of these different things, anything and everything, but what you need. It can go there. And when it does, that little irritation of somebody, how dare they need you? <laughs> I didn't ask to be needed. Right? This is the same person that says, if you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter, say it, how far, just call me. I'll be there in a No matter what the need, you don't have to. We went to Motown, yes we did, yes we did. And some of y'all didn't even know it, okay? Right? Okay, so those are the things we say. Oh, and you got a friend. There's, there's so many songs written about this stuff. 
Just call my name, I'll be there in a hurry. <laughs> you got a friend. Well, I'm not feeling like your friend in the moment. I'm your friend when I'm ready to be your friend. I'm your friend when I feel like being your friend. And then typically I'm your friend that gets offended because I'm trying to be your friend and you shutting me down. What happens? Do you release that and say, dear Jesus, forgive me. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm, I release this person. I release these people, my family, whoever it is, I release them right now. No, you harbor it. And when the fight comes, and it will, it's not usually with that person. It's with somebody else. And you'll say to them, see this, I have problems with people like you. <laughs> I'm not gonna put up with this with you. I don't have it. I've had too many people trying to do this to me. I'm not gonna let another person take advantage of me. Bitterness just spilled out. And so I had a few of those encounters today. And I could just feel them in the spirit. I could actually literally sense what was going on in the spirit. It was a, because it didn't win, because it didn't penetrate. But it felt like um, those zappers, you know, those nighttime zappers with uh, um, mosquitoes or bugs or whatever they are, that bug zapper and you have Those things were coming at me. I could hear it in the spirit, zit, zit, zit. You know, they were getting caught. But they were, I mean, they were like hitting my side before they were splattered. And I could feel that irritation wanting to come up. I could feel the thought. I could literally feel. I heard the thought. I felt the thought. It's like, no, let that go. Zip. Zip. No, I'm not. I, I don't feel that. Zip. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the snap, the sizzle. It's the refusal to let it land. That's what kills it. I'm not going to take the thought. It's not my thought. We've heard that apostle say that. It's not my thought. That's not my thought. You know how he is. You know she's always like this. You know this about them. Yeah, that's the problem that I have with that person. You got to stop having the problem with the people because it's a judgment that you have toward the people. What's the scripture? Yeah. You got <laughs> First Samuel chapter one. What I did is I just went through my concordance, my Bible study program. I looked up three words. The first word is bitterness. I looked in Old and New Testament. The second word is uh oh, did it all print? It didn't all print. Well, I may have some stuff still. Oh, okay. The word gall. And the word wormwood. So we're just going to take a look at those things and just see. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 1, you're familiar with that. Um, if you're familiar with the story of Hannah and how it was that she was bitter because she had not been given a child. So in chapter 1, verse 10, it said, or verse uh, 9, Hannah arose after she had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Eli, Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she, in bitterness of soul, prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. That's what it says. So that word bitterness comes from a Greek word. It means she was weak. Uh, it means that, I'm sorry, not Greek, Hebrew. And it means that uh, the word is mara, mara. 
which you will remember from the book of Ruth, when um, Naomi told her, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, call me Bitter. And you also will recall it in the book of Exodus, when they went out and they were drinking the water and they said the water was bitter. It was called the waters of Mara, Mara. Okay, and so it, it, it speaks to pain, um, bitterness of water or food. It's also what they say the bitter end of a harlot or the end of wickedness. It's pain, okay? And so you'll find it in 1 Samuel, you'll find it, it's also translated as angry or chafed or discontented. And in Proverbs 31, um, those that are bitter of heart or heavy of heart, okay? The, in 1 Samuel 22, it's taught people who are in distress, in debt, and everyone discontented gathered to him, and he became captain of them. We're talking about David. All of these individuals, he had a bunch of bitter guys following him. So that's what that word is. And she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed, and she uh, wept before the Lord. Now the priest, because of this, this quietness or the way that she was doing what she was doing, was looking at her as though she were also drunk, okay? But she made a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget me, but will give me a child, a male child, I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Now what she did right, here she is in bitterness of soul and she took it to the one person that could turn the thing around. She also allowed him to do it. So we say, take your problems to God. Take it to God, yes. And then we've even said, because we, we like saying things, leave it at the altar, right? Leave it at the altar. Um, some of us, we leave it at the altar. And then we turn around and go back to the altar and pick it up again. You know why? Because isn't something, there you are, repenting, crying out before God, and I'm finally going to release this knucklehead from my life. I'm just going to forgive that person. I'm going to let them go. Oh, God, they have hurt me so bad. But because I want to be obedient to you, I will release them. So I let it all go, and you weep in great bitterness. And then you feel better. You feel better. And you get up. You haven't listened to God yet. But you get up, and you turn around, and there that monkey is. And you think it's fighting time. And you pick up that bitterness again. Because just seeing them triggered the thing. You can weep bitter tears without letting your heart be cleansed. And the result of it will cause a heaviness upon your heart. Um, there is actually one of the scriptures that talks about a bitter heart. The heart, as you know, in the Greek is cardiac. And um, there is a word in the in the in the Greek as well. I'm kind of getting ahead. And I think it's it, it's basically sclera, sclera, or something like that. And so hardness of heart, sclera cardia, is actually a disease. There is another one in the. I'm saying it wrong, but it's close. Sclera um, derma, sclera derma, hardness of skin. And you read through it, and you'll find it starts because of has something to do with the heart. So when you become thick-skinned, that's the bitterness. It is encased you. Because when you, you, you're medical. So look this word up, and what you'll find. Um, sclera derma? They say... Sclera. 
Scleroderma. Scleroderma. Okay, when you look it up, you know what it says? There is no cure. You know why? Because it's a spiritual influence. Anytime man says there's no cure, it's because it's a spirit thing. Scleroderma. But there's also sclerocardia. Hardness of heart. Okay? Do you understand that bitterness is an enemy that we have to defeat? We have to uproot it. Scripture talks about this. Let me give you some more. So um, you'll find it. Um, I don't have that particular one here. But uh, I was looking at I was reading it last night. And uh, I definitely got a view, of course, by now. But... Um, let me give you this real quick so that you can do some research on this because many of us, that's our problem. We have hard hearts. We are hard-headed man, but we have hard hearts. We won't allow ourselves to forgive. We won't allow ourselves to forgive. People go, I, I can forgive, but I just can't forget. It's like, it's not a problem, you know, Nobody said forget, and then forgetting those things which are behind, meaning let go of the emotions, the emotional ties of your soul that are connected to that thing. That's the remembrance that we keep bringing back. I remember the feeling. I remember, um, and I'm connected to the feeling. I, I, it was uh, funny, I was telling my mom, I remember being a child, I think I was about three or four years old, that was left alone in a car on a, parked on an incline and I was playing with it. They left me in it by myself. And um, that part of me that was curious was pulling stuff. And I pulled it into reverse. And the car started rolling down the hill. And it was going to roll onto a main street, which should have killed me. But there happened to be a fence post right at the bottom of the hill, and the car crashed into it. But I remember being a kid sitting in the car, seeing my mom and, and my. Um, well, my brother and sister's dad, he's kind of a dad to me too, um, running out the house. I remember them running and looking because the house, the port, the front door was away from uh, the street. You know, you had to walk up, uh, these are really nice houses, so you had to walk up a little incline to get to the porch to get to the house. And uh, they were running out as the car is going down the hill. And I remember sitting in the front seat, <laughs> waving. <laughs> I had no fear because I didn't know I was headed toward death. Apparently I wasn't, but I was headed toward my first uh, car crash. One of my siblings said, He's, you know, he always seems to stand close to you. I said, because he still remembers we bonded over a crash. He always wants to know where I am. <laughs> if I happen to be anywhere in the vicinity, he wants to know exactly where I am because he's got cars and motorcycles and all kinds of stuff. And I'm quite older now, but we don't know. So don't worry about it, okay? But do you understand? This is the scripture. Um, Romans 2.5, he says, um, in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You are storing up the wrong things. Your heart is meant to store. Our hearts do store. They store, they store the treasures of the kingdom. They do not... Um, carry the coals of the, the, the things of the earth, of the world. We don't carry those things. And when we do, they have a very adverse effect on us. 
and we are diminished in power because we don't see clearly. Hard hearts, bitter hearts are distorted. So if you, Romans 2, 5, I think is where you'll find what you're talking, you know, he's talking about. Because um, that word hardness, again, is, um, the Greek word is sclerotes, or uh, sclerotes. So it means hardness of heart, obstinacy, and perverseness, okay? Callousness, stubbornness, um, obstinate, uh, a refusal, if you will, hardness, and then that word heart, as I said, is cardiac. So there you see that it's there, okay? So there's that, um, so that hardened skin, the outward part of you, the almost like a turtle or something or leather, things that will start to metamorphose in you because the demons have been given such free reign, they can begin to manifest themselves through you. That's what's going on. And I truly believe there are many people, I am not a medical doctor, I don't claim to be, I don't have that experience, but I know what I know by the spirit of the living God. And I would say to you, even if you found it, it didn't do what you think it would, you will feel 100 plus times better if you would allow your heart to be healed, to release all of these people, all of this nonsense, all of your resentment on behalf of other people. You gotta stop. And you hear me a lot, I'm saying it now. Stop this because people are dying. They're dying. And they're dying with bitterness. Look at this one. Um, in 2 Samuel 2:26, Abner and Joab, you recall this, this was a horrible battle. And Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Because they were on the same side, they were brothers. But there was a problem with, with the younger brother of one of them. He says, don't you know that it will be bitterness in the latter end? How long shall it be that you bid the people return from following their brother? We've got to stop fighting amongst ourselves. This is what he was saying. But this brother carried such bitterness in his heart. It, it, you have to read this, because I'm not going here right now. Maybe I will on Sunday or something. Because it's, it's, it's killing people. It's really killing people. Do you understand? Joab carried such a bitterness in his heart after his brother was accidentally killed. Because he kept telling him his brother had this long hair and he was a, a wonderful runner and all that. And he says, stop, don't, don't, don't follow me, okay? I, I, I don't want you to do this, but, but he, he, he kept coming and he ended up having to kill him. This brought his brother such anger. And when Joab found out, and if I, if I, I hope I'm telling this right, Abner went to King David. As, I'm in 2 Samuel chapter 3. And Abner and 20 men came to David at Hebron. And they made a, um, a pact, a covenant, if you will, with David. And the moment that the servants of David and Joab, they came from a raid, they didn't know Abner had been there, but Joab, they found out, and they told Joab, Abner has come to the king, and he sent him away in peace. Now he's thinking, but you killed my brother. Never mind that you, he himself escalated a lot of this battle. What he's looking at is, you sent him away? Don't you know? 
Verse, uh, this is 2 Samuel 3.25. You find out if this parallels with anything you've ever felt or heard somebody else. Surely you realize that he came to deceive you, to know you're going out and you're coming in and to know all that you're doing, right? And that David is looking at him and he says, no, uh -uh, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, when Joab had gone from David's presence, he has heard what the king has said. God has already spoken and told us to let this stuff go. But what Joab did is he went from the presence and he sent messengers after Abner who brought him back from the well of Sarah. But David didn't know. He was speaking so-called on behalf of the king, but he wasn't. And so when Abner had returned, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately and stabbed him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. Afterward, when David heard, he said, my kingdom and I, are guiltless before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. So let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house, and let there never fail to be in the house of Joab one who has a discharge or is a leper who leans on a staff or falls by the sword or who lacks bread. You are no longer covered by this covering of the king. You acted supposedly in my name and you did what I would not do and if you read through you will find that all of the descendants that there was always one that had some kind of deadly disease a discharge they called it or was a leper who was lame and leaned on a staff or who fell and was killed by the sword or who walked in poverty bitterness brought this on his whole family line Jesus, if you if you were of that family line, the blood of Jesus has redeemed you from it. But during that season when there was no redemption from that curse, it came about not because David was was uh, in a bad mood, but he broke covenant because of bitterness, and he walked in a way that was contrary to his king. Because he would not allow himself to, he would not, his brother was told, stop, don't keep following me. Please, don't, don't make me do this. I, I don't have anything with you. His brother was in pursuit of Joab to kill him. I mean, Abner, forgive me. He was in pursuit of Abner to kill him. And Abner said, I said no, I don't, have a, I don't have a fight with you. I don't have a fight. But this young man is intent on killing him. So he defended himself, and the boy died. And from what I can read of accounts, he was a beautiful young man. Bitterness, not putting down the sword. Brothers, still fighting. He said, stop the battle. Stop this. Let's have peace. We are brothers. We're on the same side. Why is this continuing? And what it was was a little, you know, hidden this, that, and then it escalated until Felix overrode. Word. Okay. Let me keep going. If I were just saying stuff, but you see it at work, and you see what it does to families, you see what it does, how it tries to destroy a kingdom. If you think it's doing that to families and kingdoms, what do you think it's doing to you? If it weren't in this house, there'd be no reason for me to say this. If it weren't in the body of Christ, there'd be no reason to say this. We're here to overcome, not be overcome. 
Here's another one, Job. Job was, oh, okay. So we go through these trials and these uh, scenarios and all this other kind of stuff. I took my shoe off, I don't know where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was a funny thing, I was like, where'd I put my shoe? Okay, it's right there. All right, um, I have, for those of you who can't see it, I have this really super soft furry rug, plushy rug. So it's kind of fun to sit barefoot, but they have the AC on and it's cold in here. Anyway, just sharing. <laughs> Job, turn in your Bible. I want you to look at these things for yourself. Go to the book of Job. Where, pray tell, shall we go? To the, in the book of Job. Um, let's go to Job chapter, let's start with verse 7. I mean, chapter 7. In Job chapter 7, looking around verse 10, to start this is self-pity okay this this is just now the man was going to do some stuff I do not dispute for a moment that the man was not experiencing things I would never want to go through okay he said is there not a time of hard service for man on earth his days also like the days of a hired man you know like when do I get to retire Right? You got a job, you have no freedom. You got to be there when they tell you to be there, etc., etc. He said, His days are also like the days of a hired man, like a servant who earnestly desires the shade, and like a hired man who eagerly looks for his wages. So I have been allotted months of utility and wearisome nights that have been appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, When shall I rise? And the night be ended, for I have had my fill of tossing till dawn. My flesh is caked with worms and dust. My skin is cracked and breaks out afresh. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life, a breath, my eye will never again see good. I of him who sees me will see me no more. While your eyes are upon me, I will no longer be. The cloud disappears and vanishes away. So he who goes down to the grave, he does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him anymore. Okay, Job, really? Dude, lighten up. This is a pity party. This is a man. Therefore, I will, because he just said, dude, shut up. He says, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the, what does it say? The bitterness of my soul. Because that's where it lies. In our minds, our wills, and our emotions. I haven't forgotten about y'all out here. You just see the intense looks that are here. And I don't mean negatively. I mean people are looking like we're, we're listening to this. You hear me? I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Well, why would you want to do that? Okay? I won't refrain. He said, I won't shut up. I will speak. My feelings, my emotions will override any type of wisdom or good sense that I would have. I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to tell you everything that I'm doing. And in the process, you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to release poison. It's like bile. 
from the stomach that if you've ever yeah bile is not it's vile because it is okay i'm going to be a rebel i'm going to be a rebel that's one of the words that nara speaks to is rebelling it, it's uh, it's it's one of the roots of bitterness is rebellion okay that's just one of the roots from this word and it also is rooted in boasting i'm going to complain and i'm going to find a love for it i'm going to enjoy i'm going to it's like sitting in squalor and i'm enjoying this victimization of my soul you're not necessarily enjoying it, but the spirit that drives it is. And it's affecting your mind. It's affecting your ability to see clearly. It affects your ability to heal. Because your heart is being hardened. You hear me? Yes. Okay. So here, after that one, because there's more. Let's move over to chapter nine. There's a happy ending to this story. Okay. I can tell you the happy ending right now. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Bitterness, unforgiveness, this comes under the law of sin and death. Why? Because these are the things that Satan is absorbed in. He is a bitter spirit. He doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with Jesus. Nothing. Okay? Um, he says here in chapter 9, uh, chapter 9, let me see, I want to look at verse, do I want this in verse 17? Chapter 9 of Job. He crushes me with a tempest, and he multiplies my wounds without cause. Look at what he says here. For though I were, verse 15, for though I were righteous, I could not answer God. I would beg mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice. Why? Because he crushes me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He does all that. Yeah. He won't allow me to catch my breath, but he fills me with bitterness. No, really, he doesn't. He won't even allow me to breathe. It causes you to accuse God of things that God did not do. This is where people blame God. He doesn't keep his promises. There are some people in ministry, in church, they're still mad because they're not married. Or they're married and it's it totally tanks. And it's God's fault. See? Yeah, that woman that you gave me, that man that you gave me, the only one I told you not to marry. And people that are still, yeah, well, I, he told me not to marry nobody because he ain't brought nobody around for me to say I want to marry. Da, 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 da. You know, last time I had a date, it was an old millennium. <laughs> old millennium. It could be 1999. Okay, because 2000 kicked in and I didn't have nothing. They ain't been out to dinner unless I called my friends to take me. Okay, we're going to lighten it up just a little bit there. All right, well, you little bitter thing, let's talk about that for a moment, shall we? God don't owe you 
He's already provided for you. Well, if he did, because I'm sick of you too, telling this every single time I tune in. Seem like this what you talking about. <laughs> You know, it, you can feel it when that kind of stuff is going on. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm sick of God, I'm sick of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's help you, little one, okay? Let's help you, little one. You have to grow up. And as long as you stay, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. Well, let me talk to the ones that do. Move. Okay. <laughs> You don't want to hear it? We're hearing it. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet. All right. You have what he said, but oftentimes don't see it because you still look at life and yourself through the eyes of a child. The technon. These blessings are for sons, for adults, not for the mature, not the babies. You don't marry two babies off. I do in royal countries. They will, with alliances, they will betroth a kid, a, you know, the child, the daughter of a king and the son of a king, another king. You know, those children, they will be because of a treaty, and so they're destined to marry. Um, but they don't know each other. They don't marry at age five or any of that. And I think five is the age of exquisite, not to age two. Two is just your brain is growing, and you're learning how to cope with all the different sounds and sights. At the age of five, your brain has done some developing and it's the pristine language sometimes to throw a temper tantrum. And so I think a lot of people are five in the body. They're like, yeah, he said it, but I, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, and, and I want some, and I want to, and I want to. It was a cartoon my daughter likes to watch. And oh, <laughs> the character is hilarious, but I don't recall, but he says, I like cheese. <laughs> I like cheese. Another way he says, I like cookies. I love cookies. I like cookies. Not cookie monsters. I like cookies. You know, and he's like, okay, but you're going to have to have the broccoli or you're going to have to have the. I like cookies. I like cheese. <laughs> yes, we are. I understand that. But you're going to have to eat the vegetables and the nutrients and stuff. Mm. I like milkshakes. <laughs> I want you to have the spinach and this, and this um, steak. Mm. I like macaroni and cheese. I don't like spinach. <laughs> beets are really good for your blood. I don't like beets. I like corn. Is that familiar? Okay, what am I telling you? God says, I want you, if you need the spinach, you need this one. You know, and hey, this is me. Liver? Oh, surely, God, you have not called me for that. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, I have to pray in tongues and find a bottle of ketchup, sugar-free ketchup, if you want me to eat this. But you know what I realize is, but I'll eat it. I'm eating stuff now that I didn't think I would, okay? Because it's what he wants. That's what gets us towards maturity. And I'll answer that thing. Uh, you know, somebody's going to look, yeah, I hear you saying all that, but I don't see you. Blah, blah, blah. It's like uh, hide and watch, okay? That's all we can say. God does it. We don't do it. He tells us not to be anxious about it. And above all things, I would really think it's kind of dumb to be mad at God for not giving you what he 
what you say he promised you, but now you got an attitude toward him, so you think that he's going to what? Knock himself out to try to bring it to you because you're mad at him? <laughs> no. No, because you're immature. Why would. Let's just think about it. Anybody ever been a teenager? Everybody in here says yes, and one person in here says, yeah, I'm experiencing that right now, and it's quite interesting. Okay, so you know that when you had young love, there were a lot of fights. Young love brought a lot of breakups. There were some very highly emotional things. There was slamming of doors and slamming down phones and crying a lot and just being upset. Girls leaning on the shoulders of their friends just melting in tears because of what he said. Or guys that are just being real stoic and punching walls because that girl is dumb, right? Anybody? Yes. The high drama of it all? Well, if you're acting like a teenager, why on earth? And then they, then they go to the, we want to marry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. We don't have enough money for that kind of insurance to be paying for you. No. We want to marry. You're not even old enough to, to keep your temper. You're not even mature enough to let the word of God dwell in you richly and change you. And so what would you do to that spouse? Or what would that spouse do toward you? But you would look to each other to fulfill the needs that God is still the source for. See? You can't treat every uh, Christian gathering like, is there one for me? <laughs> is there one for me today? Is Maybe I get the lucky ticket and there'll be some young bloke or old bloke or old dude, whatever. Young girl, chicky, whatever it is that y'all thinking. No, there won't be. There won't be. That's not how God works. That's how flesh works. You cannot. God said, I got a husband. I'm signing up for every day Christian dating service they got. I'm going to help him. Because I am tired of waiting. <laughs> and bitterness starts to find its way. I just wanted to shake it up a little bit. Just a little bit, all right? Still scriptural. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years, and he ain't brought a man to me yet. That's actually not my story, but I'm just telling you, you feel that way. I was 27 years old when I came into Jesus, and I've waited. <laughs> there are those that, God bless you, keep waiting. Don't quit. Don't quit. Submit to what he's saying. Ask him, you know, what is there something that I should be doing? Because the answer is yes. And it's not writing out a list on toilet paper of all the qualities your mate has to have. That's not it. Quit doing that. Develop into who you were called to be and do what you were called to do now. Because as you move forward, your mate is evidently, if the person hasn't shown up, evidently they're not for where you are. They're for where you're supposed to be. So move toward it. Move toward it, and you'll be you'll grow as you do. Because if you're just sitting here waiting for some for God to send a a, a person, I I know people do meet this way, but you don't activate yourself on a dating plan. You activate yourself in your calling. If you're called to minister in a certain place, no, you're not going to go out and do the full fledged thing at that moment. But you start preparing yourself for it. You learn what you need to learn. You start doing the little things. You prepare. If you look in the Bible, you will understand that every time God brought a mate to someone, that individual was prepared. Are you? 
that should cause bitterness to start leaking from you because what we just released is hope. It's a simple thing to correct. Move forward in your calling because you're called to walk alongside one another, not to sit on benches and wait for each other. Somebody got a revelation. The light has to shine on me. You're going to move, you're going to move, you're going to move into relationships. Yes, you will. All right, so Job, uh, did you have any questions? Does that connect? Did, does that answer anything for anybody? It's that simple. You're sitting and waiting. Waiting is not something you sit and do. You keep moving into the areas that are available. I, I want to emphasize that again. Whatever is open for us to do right now, that's what we do. And then when we hit a place where it's not moving forward, you look up, you'll see something else to do. You do that. Because all of those things, the Lord is the one that perfects the things that concern you. At all times, you are available to do what he wants to do. And since it's his good pleasure to bring you the mate, the house, the, 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 the riches, the wealth, this is what we're hearing through the apostle, since it is his good pleasure to do it, you always have something to do. You know, it cracks me up when people, when somebody dies and we say rest in peace, it's like, if they went to heaven, they ain't resting. They're working. They're having a good time. They're not resting. They're not floating on clouds, you know, plucking harps or something. They're running, skiing, shopping, taking rule and authority over certain lands. They're working with whatever group they're assigned to do. They're, they're, because heaven is a real thriving kingdom. It's not a, 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 a retirement home for people from earth. It's not. And if that's what you're thinking, yes, they've earned their eternal rest. They don't get any eternal rest. They're alive forever. And you certainly, I'm sorry, but if they didn't go to be with Jesus, there is definitely no peace. Okay? There is no rest. There is no peace. And that's why we don't want suicide. And people dying in bitterness and all these other things. We want to release life into our brain cells so that this hardening of heart, hardening of mind, and all this other stuff will begin. I, I think tumors will start to uh, diminish as you release that hardness in your heart towards somebody that offended you, somebody that did not pay the attention to you that you felt that they should. And you'd ask God for a miracle, and you'd ask God for a word to tell you what to do, and here's your word right now. Allow your heart to release. Go to the Holy Spirit. Let him help you now, because this is your moment and your opportunity to release people from the places that you have held them accountable for things that they were not responsible for in your life. Mm -hmm. Let them go. Let them go. And all that hardness of your thinking, the lines of thinking that you have moved upon, you'll find that they'll start to diminish and you'll see that you've been believing wrongly. And as you start doing that, those things are going to start, you're going to find them shrink. And next time you go back for that scan and say, I don't know how it happened, but this thing has shrunk. And I just want to let you know that. And what you say is I submit to that word and I take this Lord. And you're going to see some amazing things happen. Okay, okay so um, any questions? Comments? Yes? So, um, Talk loud, okay? Or go over there. Um, I'm trying to think how to word it. Okay. So, <clears throat> I 
like I get it like in terms of like how people how like some of us or you know maybe a couple people here and there within the body of Christ they have gone through things or they have done things or whatever but when you're on the other side and it's someone else that may try to cause the offense whether they're newly born again or it seems like they may be trying to pull you into something that was in the past Mm-hmm. What part of it is actually bitterness if they're trying to either A, cause something that's against what you feel is uh, um, going against God, or um, like what, it, and, and it kind of gets irritating if they kind okay. of keep coming? Okay, what, I, let, let me just stop you, and I'm going to answer this this way. I don't care what the person does. When that person, those people, that group, that team, tries to contact you, you go back to the Holy Spirit and say, ah, this is good, because this is a hidden place in my heart that I had not submitted to you. So right now I release forgiveness to that person. And I thank you for severing that cell tie. Because once I release forgiveness, they can't smell me in the spirit in that place. They're gonna keep trying until your whole smell has changed. But one day they will absolutely disappear. And the reason they will is because you are not harboring resentment toward them. You know, that skanky whatever it is, I can't stand that person. Remember we were talking about you're at the altar and you forgive them. Mm-hmm. You pour it out and you cry those tears of bitterness. And then you turn around and you've left that, I said monkey, you've left it there. Yeah. And then you turn around and there's that person and you think, oh, and you go and pick that thing up. Mm-hmm. Because what you released was one thing, but what you took, you, there was another place. This is why people think, I gave it all to God, but he must not have, it must not have worked. Or I thought that I had. It's like you gave everything that you knew about. But the scripture, and this is a great question, um, Hebrews chapter, I didn't even get to God in one word. Maybe I'll preach it on Sunday. Oh, I shouldn't say that because people will come. <laughs> She's preaching on bitterness. Oh, don't we have something to do? Okay. In Hebrews chapter 12, you know where he says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God or any root of bitterness springing up trouble and therefore defile you. What he's saying, well, one of the ways you can look at that is, wow. All right. So what I've submitted, I'm clear. I'm clean. But what I have not submitted, because I didn't know about it, thank you, that this person just exposed something that was trying to stay hidden. So since they called, and I, I was ready to cut them. Seriously, I was ready to cut them. It's like, all the forgiveness and grace and love that I had released to them already, it just seemed to have just been swallowed up, because now I'm ready to hurt them. Well, then that's the place that the Holy Spirit is saying, can I have that too? Yes, you can. Because now I found just all this stuff that's in me towards that individual in this area. It was It's an unsubmitted area. And so he wants it. I was part of a prayer call a few days ago, and I saw this happen. So I, I, I really, I saw this happen. I saw where the Holy Spirit said, I want to go after something. And we on the team just... We submitted to him, and when he went after it, I think, Leslie, you were on the call. 
with, we watched, I, literally we were on the phone, so we weren't watching, but we were watching in the spirit. And he went after this one part. And I mean, it was bam, 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 bam. He's hitting all these points. And so you're thinking, whoa, hallelujah, that's it, right? And so we're praising him and we're thanking him. And suddenly, whoo, he went after something else. Same topic, but a whole different place. And he hit and he hit and it was uprooted, snatched this up and cut off its head. And then we're like, whoa. And we're thanking him and we're praying. That's where we sound like surfers. Woo, whoa, oh. You know, we're doing all this. And it's like, thank you, thank you. And then suddenly, and here, and he went to something else. So what it was, was that it's seeds that had been all these different crops. He went after every single crop. Because some of it comes into us because of how we think. Some of it comes into us because of places in us that were never we never allowed to be healed or submitted to God. Areas of darkness is where this kind of stuff breeds. And when these things come, it's coming because it can smell that there's still something in you. So what you do, like Jesus said, the prince of this world has come, but he's found nothing in me. You say, you know what, whatever else is in me, so when they call, it's like, well, I'm glad you called. I can't, I can't talk to you right now. And uh, it's still definite, no, see ya. And you hang up. Now you go, I, I got another call. Because the Holy Spirit is calling you. Come to me now where all of that fresh anger, that fresh offense, that fresh sense of unforgiveness, uh, that I want to, all the things that you are feeling, every emotion, he's like, that's what wants you to listen to it and not hear me. So bring it to me and we'll mute it. And your smell will change in that area. And it'll be a longer distance of time. And then they'll call again or show up someplace. And you're going, oh, I thought that I was over this. Well, you were, but you didn't know about this part. And you'll find it easier and easier and easier to submit. That's what I was experiencing today. That was that z, z, z that was happening. Because I truly have made up my mind. I'm not going to walk in this. So even when it comes, it's like, ooh, it would be for me, like if you gave me, uh, people have given me certain things, and go, oh, these are so healthy, these are so good for you. And I can taste just the smallest bite, and I know if they have actual sugar, white sugar in it. Because I am so not, my body does not receive it. I don't want it. I've chosen not to have it. And because of that choice, if I even taste it, I will reject it because it would be violating my choice. So when you have made the decision to forgive and to walk in it and say, I, am, I choose to be a bitter free zone. And I say this in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking you, Lord, to work in me and Holy Spirit, do not give me any I don't want any slack. We're going to get every bit of this out of me. Then he'll do it. And you'll suddenly, you won't go through all, it took me this long to say what I said, but all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, oh no, you don't. And you will go immediately to the spirit of the Lord. And you'll find joy starts to bubble over. And one day, somewhere down the line, and it won't necessarily be a long period of time, the more we're into this, the faster this is happening. You'll see that individual, and you know what you'll think. I need to pray for them. 
not the usual prayer that they'd be smashed and then receive Jesus just before they die kind of prayer. You know, not the get them off the planet and let them, let them, it's fine that, that you know, you want to save them and everything, but get them out of my sight. You won't pray any of that anymore. You'll have compassion for the person. And you'll have insight in the very things that you know from flesh that you can't stand. You'll start seeing it in the spirit and see how they're being attacked. And he'll give you words to speak. You don't have to be friends with the folks. You don't have to pal around with them. You don't have to do anything. But you cannot harbor bitterness toward them. And you cannot harbor unforgiveness. Because Jesus does not. You think you can't stand them. But if you heard they committed suicide and went to hell in the bitterness of soul, would you really be happy? And that's an indicator to you that your heart is turned towards God, that you would not be happy. Because there are people in this world filled with bitterness that would be like, that's what they deserve. Because of what they did. Does that help? Yes, so in terms of like possibly a recap on that, right? So, um, and I and honestly, I know like that applies to both whether family or, you know, someone in the past or whatever. So I'm taking it as that. Um, as you were speaking, like I got some ideas on what I could do. Mm -hmm. um, I just um, what I where I started getting tripped up was where um, I, I I just wasn't sure what my responsibility was. You know what I mean? Like how the Lord said, um, those that do X Y Z, you still need to love them, pray for them. Yeah, you love them, you pray them. for them, and yeah. you keep going back to God to get healed because mm -hmm. you're not in any uh, you're not in any position to help. You have to wear your oxygen mask right now. Okay? But you say, no, my heart is to forgive and to release. And that's love right there. Okay. That, see, I thought I was love releases you know, forgiveness. Love, only love forgives. Okay. He forgives us. He is love. He forgives. So I release your love towards that person. Now I'm coming to you so that you can get me released from the bitterness toward that person. Or resentment or judgment or anger or whatever it is. My emotions. We're out of time. Isn't that funny? All right. Last scripture that I want to give us is um, Hebrews 12. I gave you Hebrews 12. Um, in Isaiah 38, 17, he says, For peace I had great bitterness, but you have in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Isaiah 38, 12. Isaiah 38, 17. Isn't that awesome? Okay. I have great bitterness. See, I told you there was hope. I've had, instead of peace, my peace was called bitterness. But you, having love to my soul, delivered it from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. So you can be forgiven. You don't have to walk in unforgiveness. You don't. We're not meant to. As citizens of the kingdom of God, it's not what we do okay you see and the last thing Job said he said that um, in, in chapter 10 verse 1 my soul is weary of my life I will leave my complaint upon myself and I will speak in the bitterness of my soul do you see how suicide gets in whether it's physical or it's, it's, it's something that people do to the life they start destroying things in their lives this is where self mutilation and things of this sort, the bitterness, the wounds. It's its a wound, always. I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, it, it's something that somebody did that wounded them and it festered and it festered and it broke open and the gall and the bitterness started to spill into the soul. 
this is what happens from people that have been raped or you know, uh, beat up and traumatized and things of this sort. If the healing that comes, uh, people who retain memories from childhood and just refuse to grow up. And part of maturity is forgiveness. Okay. All right, I think that's it for tonight. It wasn't as heavy as we said. I, I, I pray we really, I want you to, I want us all to get this. I want to see this house, this body of, of Christ, all over. The body of Christ on saint. Love. And I don't mean that namby-pamby-ness, but truth. I see your differences, but I will not hold them against you. Okay? I'm going to speak. And it may not be likable. And that's okay. Because when I love you, you don't necessarily have to like me. I want you free. And I have people, thank God, in my life that say the same thing to me. We fight for each other, or we fight with each other. But when we fight with each other, we fight on the same side. Okay? There's one way you love when they're inside the body and another when they're out. How so? Those that are in the house, that's a part of you. We're part of the same body. And I'm not going to punch myself in the eye with a big rock on my finger over and over again. Those that are outside the body, we have to love in a way that we're fighting for them not to be destroyed. And we'll talk about that later. So I want to say thank you. We're going to receive, um, you can put that, oh, Right. Forgot I changed it. Okay. Uh, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. I want to show you something. It's the other slide, Crystal. What's going to be happening very soon is um, my book, Kingdom 101. Um, I'm creating a study guide for it. So coming in September, so I've just put myself under pressure, is the Kingdom 101 um, study guide. And also there's a, another broadcast I'll be doing from my house that is going to be a 30 minute type of teaching. And one of the things I'm gonna have that I, I think is pretty exciting is we're gonna have a short segment where it involves many of you that have read the book or that questions. And I want you all to be able to kind of be an interaction. So just as you watch Apostle ba Dr. Baker's Temperament Moments on Fridays, you'll hear myself or Crystal or my daughter or somebody speaking, we're asking her questions, whether we're reading somebody else's questions or if nobody posted any, we'll ask our own. And so she gets that opportunity to have that interaction. And so what I'm gonna do, what I, I can see part of the format of the program, it's very different from what we're doing tonight, um, will be that you all are helping to, you know, go through this, the questions in the study guide and giving responses and things like that. So some of you will be able to do it live with me or we'll do it Zoom and we'll be, you know, uh, doing it on the broadcast that way. But we're gonna come up with some different things and we're gonna go through the book Kingdom 101 because uh, I'm going to move on from Kingdom Conversations to whatever the next phase of this is, or I'll end it, whatever Holy Spirit wants to do. And, um, you know, we're going to keep moving forward. But right now, we're talking about the aspects of the kingdom, that you must have Kingdom 101 in order for this to be able to penetrate, because your heart has to soften. Our hearts have to break of all of the, of the, the things of the world to let the heart of the Father come through us. It's a very strong heart. And remember, then we're part of the perfect body. 
which is the body of Yeshua Jesus. So that's coming soon. And um, the giving information is now online. Um, if you have questions about that or think, ooh, 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 I want to be a part of that, I want to be, oh, no, not me, never me, never me. I want to say this to you too. Part of what bitterness is, is jealousy. Jealousy is self-pity. This is just important, so I've got to tell you this. When we allow ourselves to feel left out, I'm not a part of that gang. They always only want these people, and they don't, uh, you know, they don't do this, and they don't, they don't let me in, and you know what I'm saying, that kind of thing. Then what happens is that jealousy finds a way. And trust me, at some point, it will manifest itself in a betrayal. You want to know more about that? We'll talk about it later. Ask the Lord, do I have jealousy? How do I have it? I feel left out. I feel like nobody asked me to do anything. Um, these people always get to do this. People, Crystal is being um, raised up as a, a, an administrator. She's not even listed currently as one of the ministers. But there are people that get jealous because she gets to do this and she gets to do this and she gets to do this. That will never grow your ministry. It will shrink you. It will cause that hardness. It will do all those different things. You look at anybody in your house and you think, wow, they the ones. And if you allow, those are not your thoughts. They're not originating with you. But if you don't shut them down, they will find a way to glom onto you and harden your soul. That's all I'm going to say for this. So those that are part of Astounding Love, come on and release the tithes and the offerings and so forth. And we're going to pray over them. Um, we've received some of them. Come on, minister and uh, team. Somebody move, move, move. Find it. Oh, sorry. Nancy, I can move. Okay. Hold up. We're going to, uh, if you check the website, love-unity.com, I believe it is, we are going to be uh, starting to um, Friday. Uh, but we'll be traveling on Thursdays and Fridays. But we will be in Fresno, joining with Apostle Eddie Maestas, Apostle Baker, Apostle Calcub, uh, Prophet uh, Prophet Daniel, I mean, um, Prophet Andrew Gonzalez, and I believe uh, Apostle A.J. Nunez are going to be ministering at the Love and Unity Conference in Fresno, California. So uh, you can tune in, I think, on Facebook. Uh, we'll have the link up on, Apostle, on Dr. Baker's program tomorrow. And some of the other type of things like that, but we're inviting you to participate and come and be a part of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what's going on, people? You don't need the mic. Just talk. Thank you, Lord. You have stage fright? <laughs> Do you feel naked without a mic? No. Oh, okay. She asked me to get the mic. That's what I'm, I'm not touching it. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> pray. Let's pray. See, we're family. We're related. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your tithes and offerings. Thank you for your gift of love, Father, for giving us a portion, Father God, of what you have provided so we, we can have something to give back, Father. We receive all your goodness, all your grace, all your love, all your mercy, Father. More than enough, as this house is known for, Father, more than enough <laughs> to do what you called us to do. We thank you for that in this house. We thank you for the blessing, Father, of the word of, uh, that you brought forth tonight. We thank you that we shall live this word, we shall walk this word, and we shall grow in this word. The very thing that you call us to do, Father, we are excited about doing, and we will be the people of God that obeys your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we thank you for all the blessings, Father. 
of this house will be blessed after London and the apostle as they go forth in their ministry, Father. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You listen, sir? I'll do it. You have something? Oh, okay. They give me all kinds of directions, so. All right. <laughs> um, Sunday, Biblical Solutions for Life, 1045 a.m. On Sunday, yes. Right in our other sanctuary, 1914 Trayton Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131. This has been a Kingdom Conversation. I'm Pastor Fonte Lee, thanking you so much for joining us. I pray that this word penetrates and cuts off the heads of the demons, uproots all of these bitter roots that have been in you yes. for too long, that you start walking in the flourishing of the Spirit. Because I love you very much. And it's your time for deliverance. It's your time for breakthrough. It's your time for manifest healing, which means the truth that you are healed will be seen in your body. We release the love of God into you, and we pray for all of your families, whatever you're going through, that the peace of God that passes all understanding will penetrate, turn situations around, that Psalm 138, verse, uh, verse 8, comes true for you in your life, that the Lord completes and perfects the things that concern you. God takes care of it. We love you with the love of the Lord, and God is done in love. And I thank you so much for being a part of tonight's King Conversation. Yes, amen. Amen.